This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Weekends were made for sports. How would you like to play for the New England Patriots? I'd love to. A look at the weekend in sports with the inside story on the Blazers, the Ducks, and the Beavers. Everyone, meet freelance alien bounty hunter, Shannon Sharp. Shannon Sharp? The football guy? Yeah, I hunt aliens now. Used to catch TDs, now I catch ETs. You ever caught an alien, Shannon? Not yet, Mr. Question, but I'll let you know when I do. This is Sports Sunday with Mike Lynch. Oh, isn't this wonderful? Look at this room. What a beautiful room. Have you seen this room? Yes, we're in it. And Rashad Taylor. Okay, dude, I can see you don't want to be cheered up here. Come on, Donnie, let's go get us a lane. On ESPN Sports Radio 1080, The Fan. Hour 2 of 2 here on Sports Sunday. Game 7 about to get underway over on 910 ESPN Portland between the Cavs and the Pacers. We've got it up on the TV here. Let's see it, LeBron. Some weird 8-armed 7-up commercial going on instead, though. Yeah, I don't like it either. Um, but before we get to any NBA talk, which will be next segment, the final draft segment of the show, and there's so much more I wanted to get to, so maybe we'll push some next week. Wanted to talk about Saquon Barkley going second overall to the Giants. Wanted to talk about the devaluing of the receiver position. I wanted to poke fun at the Browns draft. I don't think we're going to get to do that today. Um, ran out of time. But I do. we do have to get to the two Ducks that were drafted and whether or not we think they're going to fit. First of which was Royce Freeman. Running back goes to the Broncos in the third round, which was a lot higher than some people had him pegged. And um, it's a team that needs a running back. So it'll be a good fit for him because he'll get reps uh, alongside a couple of the guys that are already there, including Devontae Booker. Uh, another Pac-12 running back. He went to Utah. Um, I think there's going to be some questions about Royce Freeman, though. I remember Souk on Friday, when it happened, had a lot of questions about whether or not Royce Freeman was going to be successful in the NFL. He said, he's been saying it for years. He goes, he's a very good college running back, but I don't know if he's going to be able to translate to the NFL. Um, I tend to trust Souk's opinions on, on on the draft stuff. He 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 tends to get things right, although he also said Fournette was going to be a bust and um, – that didn't pan out so far, but uh, I'm curious how Royce Freeman's going to do. I don't really have an opinion either way um, because I feel like he he could be very much just in the middle. He could just be a solid contributing running back who's not flashy or special. He's not bad. He's not Trent Richardson. He could just be uh, a guy that is good. You know, he, he, he does what he's supposed to do. He averages three yards or four yards a carry, and he doesn't get the ball every time because there's a bunch of running backs there. But I don't know. It, it seems like a good landing spot to him to me. Um, I don't know. I, I'd, I'd play in the NFL. You know, he has, a like I said, a pretty good eye. Uh, this is one of those times I'd have to disagree with Souk, man. I think Royce Freeman is going to be good. Uh, I've seen enough from him in his four years at University of Oregon to know that this guy is not a fluke. Uh, it wasn't a flash in the pan. You know, he is the all-time leader in FBS as far as touchdowns are concerned, career rushing leader. Um, he's super efficient. He's not super big, but he's 
he can he can when he makes contact like you you can tell he's not going to really overpower anybody like that. But Royce Freeman on this level, like I think he could be a really really good running back, especially considering what team he just went to. Like if if the Broncos are really coming up with a new offense to to you know cater to their to their whomever their quarterback is going to be. Um, I think Royce Freeman is going to be a huge part in whatever because one thing he does really well, he catches balls out of the backfield pretty well. Like Royce Freeman is like he was really the, the Swiss Army knife of what the Oregon Ducks were able to do for I, the past four years. I think what Suke said is he doesn't think he's big enough to be a bruising running back and he doesn't think he's fast enough to run away from guys. He's kind of just average in both of those departments. You're right. He's not as big um, as you would like him to be and he's not as fast as you would like him to be. So it kind of puts him in that strange middling position. I I don't know. I at six foot two twenty-five. He he's not a small dude. He's not a small dude. I look at him. Um he's one thousand percent muscle. There's like zero percent body fat on that guy. Um I know he's he's a patient runner. I, I know he doesn't try to force things. I know he's a guy that can get the edge. He can also run between the tackles. Um, one of the first things that they talked about in Denver was his stiff arm. Like, that was one of the first things that came out of his mouth. He does have a mean stiff arm. He's physical enough. Um, it, you know, he talked about the fact that he likes to run a little bit physical to put that on film and make defenders think a little bit when they come in and tackle you because you know what this isn't going to be an easy easy tackle for you it's going to punish you a little bit um and i think he's in a perfect situation where I, I you're right rashad i think he does a little bit of everything i think he he reminds me and this is a very poor man's version but he reminds me a lot of body type and everything as far as a lavian bell i don't think he's going to have that type of career but i think he's a guy that can catch the ball i I think he's a guy that obviously can run the ball in between the tackles he doesn't have elite speed but i think he knows how to use his speed um he knows how to use his blockers and he's got a nose for the end zone they're 60 touchdowns that that's that's undeniable and i know the offense that he played in was a big touchdown big high scoring highfalutin um but he was a guy that if there was a guy to run in between the tackles at oregon it was him and especially the last two years uh you know last year he was dinged up but he still played through it he's a guy that um he he, he understands that, that you're not going to be 100% midway through the season. He's a team first guy. He's a team captain. There's all these reasons why I love this pick, and he doesn't need to be the guy. A couple of texts. My worry about Royce Freeman is he's got a ton of mileage in his body already before even playing one down in the NFL. It is true. Uh, sometime, I mean, you, you know there's only so many steps in a running back's body before his career will start to fizzle or, or the injuries start to really hit. And Royce Freeman ran a lot <laughs> the last couple of years for Oregon. That is uh, certainly a concern. Uh, I'm not being a, a beaver homer, I promise, but I feel undrafted Ryan Nall is going to last longer than Royce Freeman. Not be better, just have a longer NFL career. Uh, I could understand that. I could see that. that. I could yeah, see that. That's, that's, I, not, that's not off base. No, I, I, don't, I don't know if I would agree. Um I'm surprised Ryan all didn't get drafted, but he signed with the bears as an undrafted free agent, but um, I, I'm not necessarily sure that's off base. I just, I don't know if I agree. I uh, see Ryan Nall Now, if you want to go down to it, I think Ryan Nall is more of the guy that there's a good college running back, but I don't think he will translate to the NFL. Um, he's such a big body. I could see him. I just think Royce is more dynamic than yep. him as far as what he's able to do. And the one thing we can say about Royce is he's really he's, he's a winner. You know, despite what the Ducks record says, when he wasn't on the field, it showed. You know, and it was just kind of one of those things. The same way that when um, 
Man, it's been so long. Ducks quarterback's name right now. It's been so long since we've talked Oregon Ducks football. Justin Herbert? Thank you. Jeez Louise, man. It's been a while. Hey, man, it's, Football Sunday was a long time ago. Uh, so even when Herbert was off the field. What's worse, that, not knowing James White or Justin Herbert? Man, James White was definitely worse. Yeah, that was worse. <laughs> yeah, James <laughs> right White was definitely worse, man. So, uh, But when, when those two weren't on the field, it really, really showed. But still, when Herbert was off the field, it was the Royce Freeman show. And I'm thinking you got a guy that can be a workhorse back for you if you let him. Uh, the other duck that was drafted was Tyrell Crosby, the offensive tackle. He went way later than everybody thought he would. Fifth round to the Detroit Lions. And let me just say this. What an absolute steal that pick is. I don't know why he fell. Uh, I saw some people guessing that maybe because of his foot injury. But this dude was the best player on the board for three rounds before he got drafted. He didn't give up a sack last year. He's good. He's really, really good. And he fell to the fifth round. I, I am shocked he fell that far, but I think he's going to be a beast for the Lions. I think that's a great pick. I mean, the Lions are just really trying to do their best to make sure they can protect their quarterback and, and uh Matt Stafford. So he's got a he's a he's a he's a great run blocker, you know, for the most part, at least from what I can remember. Um he's good. Pretty, yeah. Crosby's really good. Yeah, a pretty click and could be a you know uh he'd be a good anchor against a lot of, you know, for a lot of power runners. So I think they got a, a big steal right there. And I'm not who's the who's the running back for Detroit right now? Who's their running back? Or a group of Amir running backs? Amir Abdullah. Amir Abdullah. Oh Theo yeah. Riddick. Oh mm -hmm. yeah, Amir Abdullah. That's a the fantasy a fantasy monster, Amir Abdullah. So he might be able to make some space for him, or at least if they, I'm not sure if they'll pick anybody else up in free agency as the as the summer progresses. But this is a big, big pickup for the Detroit Lions. Yeah, they need to be able to run the ball better. That's just been an absolute Achilles heel terrible. for that team. They they have not been able to put yards on the ground for since they had the I think the Bell Bell or like since they had. Bell there. Joyke Bell? Yeah. Joyke Bell. Remember Joyke. when I freaked out? Bell Bell like Bull Bull? And like, yeah, Bell Bell like Bull Bull. I was thinking that, um, uh, yeah, I was, yeah. I was thinking of a fantasy team where I had both the Bells on my team. Oh, so you named it Bell Bell? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I just think, I think it's a great, but I, I am, I'm kind of pissed the, the Broncos didn't take him because they need some offensive line help and he was available for them like three times. Um, I, I don't, I don't know why he fell so far. I really don't. I, Maybe somebody will tell us. Maybe we'll find out through the grapevine what they told him, teams told him. But he is such a good tackle that I think will be really successful in the NFL. All right. That's all the draft talk for today, unless there's someone hated or love it. Uh, coming up next, the curious case of the Oklahoma City Thunder. This is Sports Sunday on The Fan. were made for sports. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. All right, let's take a break from the draft. Spent almost the entire show on it. Want to get a little NBA in here. Second round of the playoffs underway, except for this game right now. Game seven's on uh, between the Cavs and the Pacers. I want to talk about the Thunder, though. The Thunder are a... A very interesting team in a very interesting spot right now. You've got Paul George, who is a free agent. 
you've got Carmelo Anthony who has an option, and then you've got Westbrook, and you've got everybody else. You know, Stephen Adams good. Roberson's a great defender. He'll be healthy next year. But they're in a really, really weird spot. Um, do you want to start with Mello or Westbrook? Uh, Mello. I think Mello's a really divisive okay. convo. And you know how I feel about Mello. I'm a Mello guy. Yes. So here, here's, here's the quote from Carmelo Anthony. He said, I think for me, my focus would be on kind of figuring out what I want for the rest of my career, what I want in my future, what I'm willing to accept, if I'm willing to accept that at all. I think everybody knows that I've sacrificed kind of damn near everything, family, moving here by myself, sacrificed my game for the sake of the team, and was willing to sacrifice anything and every anything and everything in order for the situation to work out. So it's something I have to really think about if I really want to be this type of player, finish out my career as this type of player, knowing that I have so much left in the tank, I bring so much to the game of basketball. Um, then he said this, I think the player that they wanted me to be and needed me to be was for the sake of this season. As far as being effective as that type of player, I don't think I can be effective as that type of player. I think I'm willing to accept that challenge in that role, but I think I bring a little bit more to the game as far as being knowledgeable and what I still can do as a basketball player. Um, I can't find the quote where he talked about coming into the team, but he basically said that the team had no plan for him. The team brought him in and didn't really know what to do with him. So they just made him a spot up shooter and he failed miserably at that role. He was a bad spot up shooter. And some of those questions he was answering in the quotes were about him being a bench player. And he said, no, he would not be a bench player. Absolutely. No. Um, which, what do you expect Carmelo to say? So I'm, I'm curious. I, I'm very pro mellow because I went to Syracuse and of course, so I, I love him for that. Um, but I understand the negatives of his game and I understand why he was bad this season and why he didn't work out with the thunder. Although I thought to be honest, more of it was him than the thunder. But if, if you believe mellow, it sounds like they didn't do a very good job of, of making the team make sense with all the good players that got into it. And I'm not so sure Billy Donovan's a good head coach, or maybe it's just hard to be a head coach with Russell Westbrook's on your team. But I, what do you think Melo's going to do now? What do you do? You think he's going to stick in, with the Thunder? Do you think a team's going to give him a chance to be a, a important starting cog, or is he going to be relegated to the Kevin Love role and just now be a spot up shooter at this point in his career? Because uh, he's not good at it. I'll Billy tell you Donovan. Billy Donovan is one of the more overrated coaches in the NBA. He was carried through a couple seasons at Florida, where he had. Uh, the best team around because you had a bunch of juniors and seniors that decided to come back and play for two years. And that was the year they had the Joakim Noah and um, who else was on that team? And uh, Corey oh Brewer. Yeah. Um, Al Horford was yeah, on the team. I think you might yeah, Al Horford. So they were, they were a deep team and they were a really good team. But that was because they had, man, great players, man, not because of Billy Donovan. He has... He hasn't done anything to show that he is uh, a great coach. He was he was out coached in this series. You know, the, the, I mean, I think most of us expected uh, Utah to win. I don't think anybody expected Utah to win in the way that they won. Like every game that Utah won was man 102.95. Like they were making sure they put points up on this team. I don't know if I blame Melo. Like they they made him a, like you said a spot up shooter. Melo's better with the ball in his hand, taking a couple dribbles and being able to create for himself. 
Paul George didn't have a great season this year. He had an okay season, but a guy like Russell Westbrook takes the ball out of your hands, and he's and he holds it and pounds it, pounds it, pounds it until he finds his own thing to do. It's like it's almost kind of that first year in Miami where everybody was like, "No, you score. No, you score. No, you score." But Westbrook, once he has the ball, no, it's no me score, and that's kind of the way it's going to work. Towards the end of the game, Westbrook, the entire game, he's looking for. Looking for his guys, trying to get that triple-double, trying to make sure he gets at least 10 assists. It gets down to the last three or four minutes of the game, and Westbrook has tunnel vision. He doesn't look for his teammates. And I think at a point, we understand why Kevin Durant left. Nobody's mad at KD for leaving. You know what I'm saying? I think everybody's mad that you left and went to the Warriors. Like, nobody's mad at you for leaving. Everybody kind of understood. Now you're looking at Paul George and Mel's like, yeah, man, I I would be okay if, if you left. I would get it. And... I think at a point, man, Westbrook is the ulti- ulti- ugh, words, ultimate alpha male. And with that, he doesn't know how to defer at all, even when he knows other guys are better than them. That, I think, is the crux of the problem. And it's going to be, sadly, or maybe not sadly, what defines Russell Westbrook's career is that he is an exceptional player who is outrageously selfish. And thinks that he by himself can win titles for this team. He has Paul freaking George on his team, and he goes tunnel vision at the end of the game and took, well, I mean, take like 43 shots in the game six loss. 43 shots. What? You've got Paul George on your team. Come on, man. And he has a pull-up jumper that almost never goes in from yep. like right around the free throw line extended somewhere around there. And it all it's it's the hardest shot that he that he takes. It's the most number one, it's the worst shot you can take in basketball is that mid-range jumper. And they basically took that away from Melo because that's what he does. That mid-range jumper, that's that's his bread and butter. And he's gonna get 15 points off of that every single night. And man, a guy like Westbrook, man, takes the ball completely out of your hands and makes Melo, uh, like you said, Kevin Love or Chris Bosh, and you turned him into a jump shooter all of a, time, all of a sudden. So, you're right. So, but you didn't answer the Melo question. What do you think Melo does? Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Um, I'm just, I'm curious because is he? Do you think Melo can still be an effective starter in this league, or do you think he's past his prime and needs to accept a? Maybe not a bench role, but a, a reduced role of being a, sh- a shooter. Absolutely. I think Melo can still be uh, a presence in the NBA. I'm, he's a dude right now that can come on any team and average 17, 18 points. Like, I, I think at this point, if you're looking for Carmelo to be the guy that he was in Denver, or even when he was when he first got to New York, putting up 26, 27 points a night, probably not. But to say that he can't go out there and get you 27 on some nights, on some Ginobili type stuff, then yeah, absolutely he can. So I think, I think Melo, given the right situation, which I'll be real, Melo's never had. He's never had the right situation. His entire career never, ever had the right situation. The one time he had the right situation is when he had Chauncey Billups that made it all the way to the conference finals. That's the one time in his career he's ever had any, any type of help. And so Denver at least tried they, Denver and for, and for seven years, Denver did everything they could to make sure they put stuff around them. And Carmelo in the Western conference that has always been this juggernaut, man, Denver was in the playoffs every single year, every year. And was like a four seed or in a five seed, you know, and the, I'm talking the those Dallas teams that were great. And that, that year that the Warriors came out of nowhere and were great. And, you know, but just this, the jailblazer era. So they weren't really super relevant at that point, but Carmelo is one of them dudes that kind of carried his team through the Western Conference. And so 
he's never had a great situation. Chris Paul, kind of a similar thing. Man, never had a, the great situation. This is the first time in Chris Paul's career he's ever had, he's had another superstar to play with. And I think Melo finally got a superstar to play with, and it just happened to be Westbrook when Paul George and Westbrook isn't giving the ball up in the fourth quarter. Paul George stays with the Thunder or no? Paul George leaves. Uh, he I think, said he wants to stay. He said he wants to stay, but Lamarcus said he wants to stay. Staying. You know, yeah, you so, can't believe it. I'm just, yeah, guys say that all the time. I think he's. You know, I think he, I think he's space ghost, and it's going to go to L.A. And I think that's an awesome situation to be in uh, as a Laker uh, right now, just because everything is working for you. You got young talent and Kuzma and Lonzo had a for as much people talk about his daddy man. Lonzo had a, a pretty solid rookie year, and looks like he's going to get better as time progresses. So I think the Lakers, uh, if anyone, are are in good position because they can sign what three. Superstars this summer, they two could. or three. Yeah. So if LeBron I mean, decides he wants to go there. You got Paul George. You got. I mean, even Westbrook said he might even want to yeah. go there when he's done all that. Uh, if I'm Paul George, I'm avoiding anywhere Westbrook. Is. Yeah, don't go. Sorry, with bro. I, I think most stars want to avoid playing with Westbrook. It's just that simple. All right, we got a break coming up next. Hate it or love it. This is Sports Sunday. Here's Jesse with Sports Center. Weekend sports with a difference. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. Ten thirty-three here on Sunday morning. It's time for hate it or love it. Who won last time? Oh, no. Oh yeah, Joe. Joe was doing it last week. I won. You did. So you'll get to start up. Uh, Jesse, what do you got for us today? Joe gave you the W, huh? He did. Yeah, Joe was hating. We did a tiebreaker last question. Joe was hating. Oh, like low key. All right. Well, um, honestly, this is pretty much uh, draft related. I know we covered a lot of stuff. Um, these are more specific, pointed questions here, um, and we will start with the number one overall draft prick in Baker Mayfield. Honestly, that's the guy I wanted uh, in Denver. Didn't work out. And first thing that I thought was his career is over before it began. Now we're hearing that Hugh Jackson is planning on starting the season with him third on the depth chart and letting Tyrod Taylor be the starter. Love or hate, Mayfield will not start a game in his rookie season. Um, Love. Um, as you look at the Cleveland Browns roster, the one thing they're not – short on, um, at least at the moment, is guys that can play quarterback right now, or at least that can go come in the game uh, and kind of show, show them how to do it. Tyrod Taylor is a very good quarterback. I mean, you guys wanted him in, uh, in Bronco land. You know, I think that's the, one of the guys that you guys are really hoping would kind of fall into your lap. So we know he's incredibly capable. And then you guys got like, guys, can't do worse today. You got guys like Jarvis Landry that just got to town for you in Cleveland. You also got, you know, Josh Gordon, who's shown that he's a beast. So it should be easy for Tyrod to kind of make plays. And if he's making plays and even winning a couple of his first few games, I don't see any reason for Hugh Jackson to rush the process and kind of get uh, Baker Mayfield out there. The one thing you want to do as much as possible is give this young man an opportunity to learn what he's doing. He's had a lot of knocks about, man, is he going to be able to play this college system? The best thing you can do is put him behind guys like Tyrod Taylor who can really show him how to at least try to manage uh, a game. Because Baker Mayfield and Tyrod, I'm not going to say they have a lot of the the, the same stuff, but the, of that trying to improvise uh, is kind of where Tyrod would, would shine at some points, being able to escape so we'll see if 
if it'll amount to anything in, in Cleveland, but I think Tyrod's going to be your starter for most of the year, barring some type of weird injury. Uh, I say hate because it's the Cleveland Browns. And do you trust that the Cleveland Browns are going to do anything that makes sense ever with I the want quarterback to. position? Um, do you think Tyrod Taylor is going to play well enough to hold on to the job? I don't. Uh, I think he's a good fit there, but he's also had massive moments of inconsistencies in his career in Buffalo where Bills fans wanted him gone for multiple seasons because of it, even though he also helped them win games. Uh, you take a guy number one overall, it's really hard for that team to sit him for an entire season, uh, even more than sit him for a couple of games. Look at what happened last year with the Bears. They drafted Mitchell Trubisky, but they signed Mike Glennon to a huge contract. And like, we know Trubisky needs some time to grow. Uh, so we're going to have Glennon be our starter. When did Trubisky start? Like week three? That was it. He was in there. And now Glennon's gone. And it was like one of the worst contracts we've ever seen recently in the NFL, that huge deal they gave to Glennon. If you draft a guy number one, he has to start. It's almost a requirement. And I think Tyrod Taylor might give enough of a chance for him to either win the job outright or make enough mistakes to give him a chance early in the season. I really like your last point there. The similarities, you know, uh, uh, Tyrod's a little undersized. You know, he... He's a little bit athletic, likes to improvise, doesn't necessarily stay in the pocket all the time. Man, similarities there. Similarities. All right. Second one. Moving on. Josh Allen. We all know how much Mike loved that Josh Allen pick for the Buffalo Bills, who have been searching for a quarterback since Jim Kelly. If you didn't hear earlier in the show, I hate that pick. Yes, you you hate Hate that. You hate it. You don't like anything about it. Not accurate. Uh, all he has is a big arm. Um, but, you know, I mean, I heard a lot of good things about the fact that he was already um, being teachable through the pre-draft process. His footwork was looking good. But, you know, you hear a lot of things in the pre-draft process. One thing we do know is in college, he wasn't great. Love or hate, Josh Allen will be a backup by the end of his rookie deal. Ooh, by the end of his rookie deal. Uh, and that would mean A.J. McCarron would be the starting quarterback from Buffalo? Well, yeah, or they went and took another one in the draft or they got a free agent. They just kind of move on from Josh Allen or just kind of decide to put him on the back burner, Sim- similar to what the I, Broncos I did it. with Lynch. I love it. Um, I think Allen, uh, the reason Lynch is so out of, been out of shape about this is because he's the one quarterback that nobody really believes in like that that was taking in the top 10. I think you believe in what Sam Donald's able to, able to do. And I think there are a lot of people that believe Baker Mayfield really was the number one quarterback in this draft. Nobody ever said Josh Allen, uh, at least since the season was over, nobody ever said that he was the, the top guy and should be the guy. He has a lot to prove. And really he's going to a situation in uh, Buffalo where uh, you don't really know what you're going to get. Kelvin Benjamin has been on the fritz for the past few seasons, so you don't know what you're going to get from here. Charles Clay is getting older and everything from that tight end position. Uh, you don't really have any real playmakers around you. Shady McCoy, is he going to be really be able to take some of that pressure off of you? He's had some injury issues. He's been able to stay upright for the past couple seasons, but still, you, you don't really know what you're going to get from there. Buffalo has just been one of those franchises that they, they – you just never know what you're going to get from them. They were able to make the playoffs last year at 9-7, and seven, but a lot of that was because Tyrod and that defense were able to make some things happen. So if that defense can come to play, I think that Dallin has a chance to stay the starter, but for the most part, I, I think a couple mistakes in there, and they'll put A.J. McCarron or they'll put Nathan Peterman back in there. God, Nathan. I know, right? <laughs> um, by the end of his rookie deal. Yes, that gives you a five-year window. I'll say love. 
because I just don't think he's going to be a good quarterback. I think he's got the highest bust rate of all the guys there, in my opinion, and I don't view him as a guy who's going to have success immediately either. Uh, I don't know if I love A.J. McCarron, but at least I've seen him have some success when he filled in for the injured Andy Dalton with the Bengals. And played hella way a great game. I, I could see him... A, winning the job outright over Josh Allen in, in the preseason. Um, but even if he doesn't, the Bills the Bills are like the Browns in this sense where they always are changing quarterbacks. They're never solid with their quarterback choice. Um, I mean, the, the Nathan Peterman thing from last year is a perfect example. Tyrod Taylor had like two bad games and they bring in Nathan Peterman and he throws six picks and it's like, whoa, why did you make such a hasty decision if this guy wasn't ready yet? Clearly wasn't ready yet. Um so yeah, I'll say love. I think he will he will fade early in his in his contract and will and will either be cut or will just be a, a backup for Buffalo at the end of this deal. So. Hey, one thing I want to point out right now: look at the clock. We we might actually make this somewhat on time. <laughs> right. uh, going into the final question, Rashad Taylor has a one point lead. All right, come on, Rashad, let's hold it. Let's uh, go. And with that, um, we're gonna keep it. NFL. I, I do have multiple questions in case we go into overtime here, but um, I really um, there were some things that I didn't like about the Seattle Seahawks draft. I didn't like taking a running back in the first round. Uh, Rashad Penny, I, I think he'll be fine, but when, I've, I've had this discussion with uh, Mike and uh, before the show, pre-show. Uh, I don't see the value in a running back in the first round. I didn't like that, but what I did like was the Shaquem um, Griffin pick at the fifth round. I think everybody here can agree that he's a, probably going to be a pretty solid player, and he landed in a pretty good s- spot for a linebacker. Love or hate, Shaquem Griffin will be the steal of the draft. Remember, he went in the fifth round. Oh, I love it. Um, uh, here's a guy that uh, I think had amazing combine numbers uh, as far as what his, his 40 time, his cone drill, like everything he did wowed people. The one big knock that everybody had on him was his arm in his hand, and was he ever going to be able to make tackles? Well, this is what I say. Here's a kid that was probably an All-American in high school for football, and here's a kid that went to college on a, on a full-ride scholarship and then was able to be invited to the NFL Combine. I don't think he's going to have a problem learning how to tackle in the NFL. This is just kind of what he does. The Seahawks, man, just continue to show that they know how to. They know what they're doing. They know how to draft guys. I think it's the minute you started panicking about the Legion of Boom being over and really the Seahawks starting over, they go out there and they make some pretty good uh, moves out there in the draft. Uh, so I love the fact that he's re- you reunited with his brother. He's going to be able to play there. Uh, I don't think there's a better franchise for him to be able to learn how to play defense with as far as the Seahawks. So I think the Shaquem Griffin pick was solid, and I think you're going to get a hell of a player in the NFC West. I'm going to hate it just because that's such it's so early to make that bold of a proclamation in a draft that had a lot of potential steals. I think Tyrell Crosby might be the biggest steal of the draft going in the fifth round that late. Um, there's a, there's a bunch of other guys who went, uh, even like Lamar Jackson, if he turns into a stud, could be considered a huge steal yeah. and would be a bigger steal than Shaq Griffin. Now, I think Griffin's going to be a solid player. I think playing with his brother is really, really cool, and I think that's going to help him acclimate quickly. I think going to the Seahawks is good for him, a, def- a team that's defensively has always allowed players to kind of play within themselves and be their own defensive player and not necessarily have to fit to a system I think is going to be helpful, but um, I'm not sure if the biggest steal of the draft is is what I would say for him, just because I think a lot of people thought he might fall 
based on the fact that he had one hand. Um, not that it necessarily matters, but I think that people thought he would fall, and it's tough for me to claim that's a steal necessarily. So I'll say hate on that one. I really like the Tyrell Crosby pick. Um, I really like the Lamar Jackson pick. And um, frankly, I, not that it's a steal, but in terms of value, for a little Broncos love, Bradley Chubb going fifth? Mm. Went all the way to fifth? He could have been the top pick in the draft yeah. by the Browns. So I like that one too. Not that that's a steal, but that's a really high value pick. So I'll say hate. All right. Guys were per, you know, for somebody that didn't watch the draft, nicely done. Appreciate it. Nicely you. done. You I know, mean, I might have did some homework. I just didn't watch any of it. I kind of forgot it was on at a point. No, I I was so into it. This is such an important draft for the Broncos. I could not not watch the draft and listen <laughs> to the in, instant analysis. And um, But nicely done, Rashad, because Rashad's today's winner. Oh, my gosh. Thank you. It's been a couple weeks for Man, you. it's been like I, – I, I don't think I've won like a month, man. No, it's been like two weeks. You've won like the past three weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It, so. it was literally the uh, similarities between Tyrod Taylor and and a Baker Mayfield. Or, um, no, yeah, Baker Mayfield that uh, got you the W because that was right. the only that's only round where you guys were not tied. That's what I'm talking about, man. All right. Well, Rashad gets to host the last segment. Uh, we will do that next here on Sports Sunday on the fan. Weekend sports with a difference. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. Oh, that glorious music. That means that I won. I got the W. That's Yes, Lynch, I'm talking about you. I got the W today. So it is oh so glorious, and I won't give in till I'm victorious, which I was today. Um, Shows how much I cared about your win that I wasn't even in here. Yeah, he didn't care. He didn't want to start. <laughs> he didn't want to take take part. Um, I don't know, man. No, we we fixed nine ten. For those who are listening to Game Seven on nine ten, it is fixed. There you go. You're welcome. So Game Seven is on for you. Nine ten. Yes. Um, speaking of Game Seven, uh, this as Jesse mentioned in his update, this could potentially. And right now, the Cavaliers are up thirty three twenty one. So this could potentially be LeBron James' last game in Cleveland. I don't think it is. I think if they lose today, I think LeBron will be back. If they lose at any point during the playoffs, I think LeBron will be back. I don't think that he's going to play for another team. I do. I think I think even if they win this game, he's gone. I think LeBron is gone. I think middle of the season, LeBron decided he's leaving Cleveland because this team is a gigantic mess. And I... I think he's looking at this as a chance to almost change his legacy in a positive way in my mind because it started off in Cleveland as a, as a, as a young pup right out of high school and he got them far, but they were a really bad team and he couldn't, he couldn't do it all. He goes to Miami, gets a lot of flack for it, for the way he did it. Not necessarily because he went to Miami, but for the way he did it. He then goes back to Cleveland. Everyone loves him. He's going back home. He wins them a title. Um, he's gotten to a bunch of titles, sadly run into the Warriors for their case. I think if he goes to a different team and proves that he could win with a third team, I think that's going to cement his his legacy in a way that no one's ever cemented their legacy. Before. Oh, well, if he can win with a third team, then, of course, you know, he's on a, a different stratosphere right. than Jordan. But So, I, I, in that sense, don't you think he's a guy who would want that kind of a challenge? It just doesn't – LeBron does not like being the bad guy. 
you know, and he really hated that he was the the heel when he was in Miami. If he leaves Cleveland again, like he's not going to be able to do that. They they burn jerseys and the economy well, would down would. the down the drain. They, that don't, I don't think that would happen again. I don't know if he's leaving at this point. Cleveland's going to go all in and give LeBron whatever he wants, especially if he stays. If he stays, then, man, especially if he signs, like, a two-year deal, which I think he will, man, those guys signing max contracts, like, that that part is is over for a lot of those dudes. Unless you're younger and you're 24 or whatever, yeah, you're looking for your max deal. LeBron is looking for two-year deals max, you know. So I think he's going to get his little two-year deal with Cleveland. They're going to put some stuff around him. Possibly, Don't be surprised if you see guys like Carmelo come over and play with him uh, this next year. But I think they're going to go all in on LeBron. And I think that's why you got this, you know, all these kind of expiring contracts that you have on Cleveland now. Like, no, Jordan Clarkson, don't expect him to be there. Don't expect um, Larry Nance to be there. Like, there's a lot of guys on the team. They just got just kind of like to be able to cut bait and create some cap space. I just, the way, the way I look at it, when there's smoke, there's usually fire. When there's a lot of smoke, it's usually a big fire. And what have we heard from everybody who we trust in the NBA since last season? LeBron's probably going to leave. It's a prevailing thought. And if so many people think so, it would be really shocking for me if they were all wrong and he decided to stay in Cleveland. You know... He's had issues with all of his coaches there. I mean, that's not necessarily a Cleveland problem as much as it might be a LeBron problem. But, I mean, he didn't really have an issue with Eric Spolstra, did he? Um, he's gotten multiple coaches fired. He, uh, I'm not going to put this on him, but it felt as if Ty Lue took a break because of LeBron, or at least the stress of coaching a LeBron team. And that was the guy LeBron wanted in the first place. I think he's done. And I think if there's all this smoke, I think he's done. If there's all of this, all these connections with him and the Sixers, maybe he goes to Philly. We've heard the Lakers. Maybe he goes to L.A. We've heard all sorts of different rumors about it. Um, I'd be shocked if he went to the West because it'd be a lot harder for him to win. But if he stayed in the East, man, imagine him on the Sixers. I I, I don't want to imagine him on the Sixers. It'd be over. Um, for a couple reasons. One, uh, it would make the East even more... Um, predictable than I mean, it already it'd be is. like when he was on the Heat. And man, I think it stunts Ben Simmons' growth. If you're the Sixers, I'm looking at this saying, "Man, we're winning now. We don't need you." That's what I'm saying. And Ben Simmons and LeBron are, and mind you, LeBron James is the best player in the world. But they're essentially the same player as far as what what Ben Simmons is able to do, how he's able to score, the fact that he gets everyone else involved. Like you take the ball out of his hands, you you make him basically what Westbrook made Melo, a jump shooter. And that's not what Ben Simmons' strong point is. So I say the best thing for LeBron is to stay right where he's at for his legacy. You don't want to be the, the lone superstar that played for three different teams. Why not? Four different teams. We're in a changing culture now. Guys are changing teams left and right. You're not seeing the guys stay on one team for very long, are you? Think about it. Think about it. You're, you're not. Think about all the not. top players in the NBA. But LeBron switched teams twice. Kevin Durant has now switched teams. Chris Paul has now switched teams. James Harden, although traded, switched teams. LaMarcus Aldridge switched teams. There's a lot of top players who have switched teams. There's not a lot of guys who are, who are super loyal anymore. There are a lot of top players. You're absolutely right. A lot of top players. A lot of superstars typically don't leave in free agency like that. Tracy McGrady, 
Um, Tracy but, McGrady played on multiple teams. No, I'm saying, but he left in, in free agency when he went to Houston. You know, I mean, like well, he, he got traded to Orlando. You know, for the most part, like a lot of guys just don't leave like that. You know, Kobe stayed. But Tracy, know. but again, that's the last generation. Yeah. I'm talking yeah. now. It's not so taboo anymore to switch teams. No, no, it's 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 definitely not. And I don't know if LeBron, he's who's already switched teams and uh, left somewhere twice. Like, I don't see him doing that a third time. I could totally understand. He's played for two teams already, much like KD has, much like James Harden has. Where does he have a better chance to win another title, Philly or Cleveland? Philly. Uh, Philly. It's definitely Philly, but I don't think. What is LeBron's legacy? Titles. He's got to catch up to Jordan. In his I think, and I think that's the part that's like Jordan. He beat to. anybody, man. He didn't beat anybody. What do you mean, LeBron has beat all the people he's supposed to beat? He's beaten the best players of his generation, of this generation. Right, he's but beating them all. LeBron wants to be the greatest of all time. He might, he already is to, to many people, but a lot of people will always go and say, "How many titles?" Well, I mean, and they will instantly pick Jordan for the six. And what LeBron's got? What three? So he's. If he wants to win titles, I don't think Cleveland's the place he's going to do it. And if LeBron wants his legacy to go up against Michael Jordan, he needs to get as close as humanly possible to six or pass it before the end of his career. Or well, else there, there will always be if, that question in the know six he is, doesn't He doesn't want that. I don't know if six is the number for him. Like, Jordan was lucky enough to have a phenomenal team around him for most of his career when he was winning championships. LeBron, Kyrie is a, is a great player. But outside of Kyrie, man, D-Wade, you know, like... Well, Wade and Bosch. Yeah, well, I mean, I, that, that team. And mind you, Bosch is a jump shooter, you know, because that's what LeBron does to you. He makes you a jump shooter. He's got to get over 500 on the, the NBA titles. He's, like, been there, it, he's, he's been there like eight times in a row. Like, I get uh, it. Jordan yeah, was but out of the he playoffs. has to be over 500. Jordan was out of the playoffs, you know, three times in the first round. Like, this dude has never done that. He's so. also 6-0 and in the finals. He, he, and that's the difference. And that's where people are always going to point because why championships are. And, like, and, and not one great team on, on any of those six championships. So. All right, we got to go. Good topic, though. Thank you, sir. We had a full segment. And you had a good topic. Uh, next week, Rashad will be out next week. So I will. it will. He will be for, for sure out. Yes, I will. So it will be me and Jesse next week. Uh, we'll have more NBA playoffs. We might do more of those draft topics I didn't get to today. Plus, we haven't talked about MLB to Portland yet. And maybe I save this for when it's kind of an evergreen topic. Maybe I save this for when Rashad comes back because I know you've got thoughts about that too. I say you bring it back and call him the Beavers. Um, happy we'll, birthday. We, we can talk about that too. Yes. Happy birthday next week, by the way. Appreciate you, bud. Um, and uh, we'll be back next week. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday, everybody. Omaha! 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 This one's for Pat! Okay. Picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.